Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? We're back. It's Monday night. Playoffs. Well, wildcard weekend's done. It's in the books. Murph, tell me how many games are left. It's what? Six? Seven? Seven. I knew it wouldn't be an even number. I was just testing you. How you doing, big man? All good. Great wildcard weekend for some of us. Um, bad if you support um, other teams that lost. <laughs> <laughs> Never a true statement. There's certain, there's certain teams. There's certain teams that lost that will go away from that. With I think a, a, like Washington, for example, didn't disgrace themselves. Put a really good performance. Played their fourth string quarterback in Taylor Heineke, who I think did a, an excellent job. And then you've got people like the Steelers and the, and the Bears, and you just think, I mean. Yeah, I mean, let's leave that there. I'm I'm doing very well. It's another week. <laughs> the Bucks are still alive, so you know we've not just won the Florida State Championship. We are now the NFC East champions because we took the belt from Washington. Right. That's how it works, right? In the playoffs. I mean, it's been so long since we've been in it. You just keep going until you have them all, right? You just collect. Yeah, them as I, you go. I, that's surely it. Like now we only get to, now we get to play for the NFC South Championship on on Sunday, and then. If we win that, hopefully we will probably, you know, play Green Bay and then we'll go for the NFC North title. 
and and then the Super Bowl. I mean, and then with the Super Bowl, whoever we play, we get their title as well. Unless it's the Browns, who don't have a title. So it's what, con- what oh, you're saying? Win the, yeah, is it's the Infinity Stones of the NFL. Once you collect basically four yeah. belts and the Lombardi, boom, Thanos. I mean, to be fair, Tom Brady kind of already has all the all the rings needed to do that. But yeah similar sort of thinking um but no it was a great weekend i thought some of the games were were incredible um i thought some of the games were not <laughs> which we'll get to and um and yeah I, and there's some really interesting news i think the next two weeks in the nfl with news with um games i just think is going to be an absolutely fascinating time so uh, long may it continue as we are in lockdown day number 4817 no you missed one 4818 yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's getting hard now. It's getting hard to count the number of lockdowns. I didn't watch too much live ball over the weekend. I'm trying to rest myself up after contracting man flu. It's definitely not COVID. I'm just being lazy, but I'm, I'm trying to recoup. So I watched the final half or well, the second half of the Ravens Titans game. And there were some questionable decisions in that. Of the games from watching highlights, I think it was. It was a middle of the road game. I think there was some some good plays in it, some good defense in it, and and an ending that I'm not sure should have gone either way. I I, I wasn't a huge fan of the way Lamar ran off the field, but then I didn't have a massive understanding as to why. I thought the Ravens dancing on the Titans badge was a little bit disrespectful. And then I, I saw Juju's uh, comment or when he got interviewed, sorry, about the Browns being the same old grey-faced Browns. There's a couple of names, but no one else, and they got stomped. So, yeah, what a weekend. Yeah, I think some of the play was incredible. Um, Some of it was, I mean, the thing is now, when the Colts played the the, the Bills, you're like, yeah, this seven-game playoff, this seven-seed playoff is brilliant because the Colts, good team deserved to be in the playoffs gave some questionable decisions but they gave the bills a proper game i mean that went down to the final 20 seconds 15 seconds or so if it went to the final play of the game really um and then you get the bears and you just think what were you doing in the playoffs <laughs> just just like i imagine that the saints probably have had harder scrimmages this year against their scout team then what and, and do you know what this is the first time you can look at a Bears performance and not blame Mitchell Trubisky for the performance because I actually thought he played well I actually thought Mitchell but we'll, we'll get into the games we'll get into the games so I'm <laughs> going to save some of this for when we get into it but we've got a, a fun pack show haven't we we sure do so we would love some reviews if you have not yet given us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen a little five star review would go a long way to helping us reach more people more people means a bigger rush nation and that's what we're here for we are here for people to come and listen to our fun filled event of a podcast that is loosely based around fantasy football as Murph takes a swig of this week's beer Modelo I don't know how many of those he's got but it's a, a, a fine beer in itself Murph yeah we um reviews we would absolutely love some some more reviews right yeah, really important. It just helps us reach out. We've had a few and we've not had any for a couple of weeks. So we're going to keep asking, please leave a five-star, hopefully a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's the one that really matters. That's the one that gets us uh, rising in charts. It gets people seeing it internationally. It just gets more people on, on the bandwagon. And, you know, the what's in it for you, I mean, one, it helps us 
we're not asking for any money if you want to give us money please that'd be great but if you you know if nothing else just by doing that really helps us a long way out and actually in return if we find a fan who we haven't reached yet and they join the podcast um in terms of listening to it they might join the listener leagues and they might actually play against you and you might actually get a win against that person so you could be getting yourself future wins down the line by writing a review on apple podcasts that's how i'm going to give you something for free is yeah by doing that you might get somebody who is you know new to fantasy football has just been playing fantasy football is you know been beating his mates up and reckons he's so good at playing fantasy football that he's won his home league four years in a row and then you know goes to play the likes of you and you show him how five yard play and uh yeah there you go yeah, I, would like, I, would, I would like to point out that Murph was not mentioning me as the you, but you as in the greater you, Rush Nation. Correct. The Rush Nation Collective. Exactly. I mean, to be fair, if you do come up against me, I'll pull your pants down and give you a damn good thrashing. But <laughs> <laughs> no, there's plenty of leads. There's plenty of leagues this year where, where people took me to the cleaners. Champions of Champions Entrance, Murph. We had one this year and all of our Listener League winners went into the Champions of Champions and we came out with a winner and we've got more spots for next year's Champions of Champions League. Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, last year we played in Scott Fishbowl 10. Um, we played against a guy called Steve-O who's from Orlando, Florida and he took the belt of Champion of Champions so we will be sending a prize to him. He does work for ESPN. So, you know, uh, I'm sure in exchange for that, we're going to get some airtime on the ESPN. I'm sure of it. If nothing else, that when he's on the ESPN, he'll have to display whatever it is that we send him. So I'll find a way to creatively use ESPN as our marketing tool um, as a result of him winning our champion of champions. Because, you know, nothing in life is free. Including when fair. we send you something. Um, yeah, that's what I think. So we do have our champion and champion entrance so first of all there's you and me as one combined team stocks because we did win a league when i mean we would have probably given ourselves a spot anyway but <laughs> we did actually earn our seat this year so we earned it last year we won several leagues we won a couple actually we won two leagues that would have got us a seat but you know we we give we take one for ourselves and we've given the other one back into the pool um so espn steve obviously is um the champion champions winner, uh, Stu Patrick won the uh, Flex Frenzy, uh, Paul Howard uh, won the QB Needy, uh, Anthony Ray uh, won the IDP Mayhem, uh, Martin Weeks won the uh, Mariana Trench, uh, Lee Ellis won the Mayhem um, Superflex slash Tight End Premium, Vigard won the FFCC and is the FFCC World Champion, so uh, would have been a bit of a liberty for him to win that and not win a champion champion spot. Um, was ironic because he got into the champion of champions last year as the only one who wasn't a champion and didn't win that. So, um, you know, but he won the big prize. So congrats to him. Um, and then we have uh, Kev007, Jack Humphrey, um, Big Willie, um, Smokey64, Jambrebra. They're all in as well. And think that's it i can't do my counting properly i haven't counted at all in this entire process because i don't know if you noticed but my son tries to jailbreak into yeah. the podcast oh so. with rob rob who writes for us uh, rob obviously got a spot so that's uh 14 14 uh people would be a 14 person champion champions yes you had a very much a bbc uh news reader uh, slash reporter 
slash guest moment there if you're watching this on the live stream. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it could have been a lot worse. The uh, the wife saved the day, but what well, I say worse, we would have had an invader and he would have run up to the microphone and put his face right in it and screamed hello. <laughs> so it could have been worse. But This is why you should watch the live stream, which we air on Twitter and you get it first or on YouTube. So subscribe to the YouTube channel and you can... Uh, yeah, you can watch this live as all the antics unfold. You can watch me drink beer. You can watch stocks uh, be broken into. We're not broken two, into. <laughs> by his two-year-old son. Um, and, you know, ask some questions as well. And, and, and Lee, who's behind the glass, he can interject and ask these questions, etc. And wave when something's burning in the background. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listener League winners, send us over your details. We have reached out to you. We want to get you those coveted t-shirts that we hand out every year. We haven't yet had everybody's details and we can't do the order until everybody has sent us their details. So if you are in a listener league with someone or you know that they haven't had their details in, then uh, get them to contact us because they are holding up your personal t-shirt. Everybody get your deets over and we'll get them sorted out ASAP. The Rushies, Murph, is coming back. We're doing our annual award show once again, and we're after possible award categories that you want, Rush Nation. Yeah, so get in touch via Twitter. Suggest some categories uh, that you think um, will be good. We'll do that show in a, in a couple of weeks' time. We'll bring in a special guest presenter, I guess. Uh, not presenter, but someone who's going to contribute uh, to these awards, and I promise you it'll be someone good. Um but yeah, just if there's any fantasy specific categories, I don't, we don't want the, the traditional, you know, if it's something that's pretty run in the mill that you've heard on another podcast or is a pretty standard award like uh, fantasy running back of the year or something like that, then, you know, chances are we probably have that category covered or that we thought of it and uh, binned it. So come up with an original idea or a good sort of quirky out of the box idea and we'll take the best ones under advisement and add a couple yes there's going to be some absolute bangers right Murph you've got to be in your bonnet about the listener league playoff listener leagues yeah I, you know it, it's just for me it's you, you know we put a lot of time putting together leagues and we try and make them fun and, and engaging and you know I checked the results this morning to see how we got on and how things went on and, and seven of the the 48 teams um, didn't set a lineup and a lot of them were contest leagues. I knew one wasn't because he just didn't turn. He turned up for the draft, made his first pick and then didn't make any other picks. And it's just infuriating. You know, 14.5% of the people that entered have basically not bothered. And there are people who would have had those spots. There are people I turned away. There are people that would have played in those in those leagues. You know, We only did four because we've worked so hard through the fantasy season to do like another 10 leagues would have just been incredibly hard work. So, you know, we did four leagues to have that many people not turn up. It's really discouraging. It makes me want to not do them anymore. And I think that would be a shame. Um, so really like the motto of this is if you're going to take a spot in a league, like honor the league, honor your commitment, at least like we're talking four weeks. That's how long the playoffs are. It's not a particularly long period of time. And, you know, some people will, will come back to me afterwards and say, well, I didn't understand the site or I didn't know how to do things. You know, first off, I sent an email to every league with everybody in it explaining what the league was because they're all different leagues, contest leagues, draft leagues, uh, explaining how it worked. Um, 
so people had my email address if there were any questions and it invited people but second of all people got about 12 days notice on this for the most part the funny enough the one with the shortest notice had the most amount of people playing it which was the final uh, listener league so if you didn't understand it weren't interested anymore or you just you know were confused by it or didn't like the platform whatever you had really up until late friday to message and i would have got someone in so it's like it's just incredibly disrespectful because there are people now that didn't play you've got people in the draft league for example it's slightly skewed because basically this guy picked one player and then didn't pick anyone else and it was left vacant so it's kind of in the 11 team league and that guy is technically in it but he's going to lose every week because he hasn't got any players so um it's just a bit a bit annoying so yeah my my message is to anyone and this goes for any type of league you're in anywhere and and listen i've pulled out of some dynasty leagues this year um but i left them you know at the end of the league season i you know left basically first jan kind of thing when leagues were transitioning across and i give people notice there was only one league i left um, quite abruptly, which was just because it was so badly run, and the commissioner just decided to poll about five different things, and then just decided he was going to do what he wanted. And I was just like, I just I'm not in for this. And about five of us left in one go. So it's just about respecting not just yourself, but it's the league. Like you selfishly take a spot from somebody else. That's kind of how I look at it. It's, it's almost like theft that you've taken a spot from somebody else and you're not going to put, you're not going to have the decency. It's, it's not even just about me and my time and everything that I'm trying to do to help with lockdown and, and get people playing, building a community by doing leagues. It's, it's the people that, that could have played that really wanted to, that you've, you've stolen a spot from them. And you haven't even had the decency to try. So the whole platform doesn't wash for me. The whole, I didn't understand it doesn't wash for me. Just, don't be an idiot that's basically it don't be an idiot like if you're not gonna if you're not gonna do it don't do it one person did message me and say i'm really sorry i had massive car trouble i set myself the time to do it on saturday it didn't happen and then and, and i was like listen life happens if someone messages me and says look i'm really sorry life happens elite shouldn't have had to prompt me writing on twitter about this to, to get a response but all right fine like life happens but mm. To everybody else, it's just, it's just incredibly. I just think it's rude. I, I, there's no other word for it. It's just rude. And you know, in any league you're in, just just you know, I don't believe in giving up mid-season. I don't care how bad it is. I don't believe in giving up mid-season. You have to do the right thing, and you have to play through it, and do and and ultimately, you have to honor the commitment that you make. It's and that's the same as being a person. Just because it's free doesn't mean that you should disrespect it any more than a paid league yeah. rant over no rant accepted no, no, we'll, we'll log that one in the draw um it's just frustrating as well when <clears throat> excuse me people want to play and we don't have spaces and then people don't turn up when they've been given a space and it's for those people who don't get in i feel i feel bad for because they may well have been you know somebody to set line up every week rather than people who haven't but hey let's let's move on let's do some news it, it looks like Dan Quinn is the man to to be for the Cowboys defensive coach job. Quinn was fired earlier in the season as the Falcons head coach and, and he handed play calling duties over midway through the season because the Falcons weren't doing too well on offense. He is more of a defensive coach. Good move for the Cowboys? 
potentially. I, I guess for me, though, I understand that he's got a lot of experience. He was a great um, DC in Seattle, I believe, beforehand. You know, he he has a lot of experience and, and that kind of thing you can't buy. And at the Cowboys, it's an incredibly pressured job, any job you have, because they're quote-unquote America's team. They draw a lot more publicity. They're the most watched team in the NFL from a TV viewer perspective. And I, I just think for me, and, and the biggest question mark I would have, and this, this almost goes back to the same with, with how I view Matt Patricia now. When he was the coach of the Falcons, and listen, he got him to a Super Bowl, he had a great offense, but he's a defensive coach. And the defense there for the last three, maybe four years has been quite bad and getting worse. Mm. And like you're the defensive-minded coach. Now, appreciate a head coaching job is very different you have many different facets but arguably if it's your if your if it's your head on the pillar and it's you that has to you know carry the can if it doesn't work i question you know the fact that you're a defensive minded coach and your team can't play defense and the same thing goes to matt patricia that line's defense is arguably the worst defense we might ever see in the nfl and he's a defensive minded coach and it's not like neither of these coaches had time. Quinn had five years to get this right, and mm. it got worse every year. So I think there's some optimism. We look at Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is a redemption example of someone who at the New York Jets didn't pan out. Um, he's gone to the Buccaneers. He's revitalized that, that defense. And maybe he might go on a similar journey, but I, I think I have less co- confidence in Dan Quinn than I did in, in Todd Bowles. Um, and he could prove me wrong, but I'm, I'm not looking at that as a massively inspiring hire as I would have done maybe a couple of years ago. Mm. Doug Pedersen's job is not safe, according to reports. He's going to have to present his vision for the team going forward. I, I think he should be fired. Um, you know, he's under 500 since the Super Bowl. Um, they're in a terrible division and they finished last. Um, and we're not that far removed from the Super Bowl, which they won. They have a lot of the same players. You have a, a quarterback situation now, which is just untenable. You have um, just a lot of – just uh, the drafts they've had recently haven't been good. Um, you know, some players incomplete kind of grades, um, but I, I look at what that team is, and it, it's just a mess. It's an mm. absolute mess. And that's down to the coaching staff. Um, you know, when you when you win a Super Bowl, appreciate there's always going to be, uh, uh, even getting to the Super Bowl, there's always going to be that little bit of a hangover that happens. But it's the narrative around it. You, know, you look at the 49ers, they took a step back this year, but they had they lost so many players to injury. I mean, and you could say, oh, Eagles fans will say, look, it's the same with us. But I, I don't see them as the same. I don't look at that Eagles squad and think, yeah, they're they're great on paper because I don't think they are. I don't think the offensive line is uh, in a bit of trouble. I think the defensive line is in a bit of trouble. The wide receiver room just confuses me. Um, <laughs> you know, they got tight end sorted. Their quarterback room confuses me. I don't even know who the quarterback is going forward. Um, their cornerbacks, they've still yet to address that position after how many years. Um, I just think there's just too many too many problem areas and. I think a fresh face coming in and there's culture problems. There's all sorts of things coming out. I just think 
that it's time to move on and look at getting somebody new because it's it's a good job. Like if you look at um and they've got a, a great GM in in Roseman, I think they've got a lot of things going for them. I think it'd be an attractive job, but I'm not so sure. Um Tom was saying that there's a chance that maybe the Jets might trade for Doug Pedersen and I actually see that trade being quite useful because I, I I think with Pedersen I think he's the a, a coach that's good for building a culture at least um, and building something, but I don't know how good he is at sustaining it. Mm. And I think that's with where the jets are. I think you could benefit from having Doug Peterson as, as your coach for a couple of years. Um, I don't know what a trade would cost, but yeah, I think if, if Pedersen goes, I wouldn't be shocked. And I think he should go. Cause I think that whole situation now is just a bit, a bit untenable. Do you on that then? Do you think that Carson Wentz's decline in performance is based upon the coaching decline as well? Uh, and do you think that him moving on would be good for him? Because obviously we saw him when he was in his MVP run season before he got injured and got them towards the Super Bowl, but obviously didn't play there. Do we think if he moves to another team or the Eagles keep him? and Pedersen goes, that we see the old Carson Wentz come back? Or do you think Wentz is is It's a really good question. I definitely think that their relationship is heavily fractured. But they've paid Carson Wentz, so I can't see how they get rid of him. I don't see how they get rid of him without being in some form of real cap situation that's that's incredibly difficult. Because they're effectively going to have to pay for him to not be there. Mm. Um, Why would you do that? So you've got that to sort out. I, I think there must have been something in, in the background. I, I think Doug Pedersen, you know, he gave Carson Wentz a lot of rope. That's the, I mean, let's get this right, that he backed his quarterback publicly. He said he wouldn't drop him. He gave him everything he could do publicly. Now, you don't know what happens behind the scenes, and I can't comment on that. I'm not an Eagles insider. So I don't know what happened in the facility. Their relationship is clearly broken. Carson Wentz doesn't know what his future holds. I don't even think Jalen Hurts knows what his future holds. I don't think either of these two QBs know what's going to happen next season on the first day of training camp. Because I don't think they've communicated to either of them, it's your job or it's a straight out competition. And I think that they need to do that. I think you need to let both men know. And I think that's Carson Wentz's biggest problem. Do I think Carson Wentz could be fixed slash saved? Potentially, I think his was a massive confidence thing. Um, I, I'm not going to blame the talent around there because he did far more with a lot less. Um, you think of that run that got him into the playoffs last season. They were pretty much, if you watched um, All or Nothing, they'd like guys coming off the practice squad contributing. Mm. But I don't think it was the talent. It was purely there was something going on and his confidence just just went and he threw a lot of interceptions a career high in interceptions and I, I I mean I think he's got the talent I think he can be I don't want to say fixed but I think he could improve wherever that's with a new coach in Philly or in a new opportunity I don't, I don't think Carson Wentz is not a starting quarterback but I do have some more reservations about him now than I probably ever have yeah I think as well we not not you or me specifically but as as a football community, when you see, when you look at how many times Carson Wentz was pressured, sacked and hit, 
it is a phenomenal number. So I'm not surprised he threw as many interceptions as he did because he was obviously fed up or injured about being hit, didn't want to be hit again. So was throwing perhaps when he shouldn't have been throwing and just trying to make stuff happen because he knew that if he didn't, stuff wasn't going to happen. So I think if we see him move, then there's a good chance we could see him back towards his former former glory, I suppose, is a bit strong. But you know, you know what I mean, towards his, his former self and how he can play football. I don't see how he can move, though. I genuinely like his cap is just so prohibitive of anything. So if I look up his, his numbers, um, you know, he only got paid last year. So he, you know, I don't see anybody trading for him and taking on his, his cap numbers, um, given what he's just put up. So That's if we true. look at, if we look at what he is now, so if you, if the Eagles were to move on from him next season to cut him outright, the dead cap is 59 million. So it's not going to happen. <laughs> right. It's not going to, it's not going to happen mm-hmm. that they, they're going to take, they're going to take that hit. Now, if they trade him, um, if they trade him, they will be on for a, still a significant amount of money. Like they're still going to be paying up his his signing bonuses, um, and they have to pay that in one go. So you're looking at the better part of ten million. It's it's the cap hit to trade him, and then you, it depends on what you get back. But whoever takes him on, his cap numbers over the next few years are thirty four million. 31 million in 2022, 36 million in 2023, and then 32 million in 2024. And that's a lot of money for a guy who's just thrown a league, you know, a a record high in in interceptions. He probably would have led the league in in interceptions had he played all 16 games and didn't get benched. So I don't see a scenario where he's an attractive person to go and trade for. Because mm. not only is he costing you all that cap in a year where teams are likely going to see a, a decrease in their cap, but then on top of that, he's going to cost you whatever it costs to get him. I mean, if he goes for a you know conditional seventh round pick, which I don't think will happen, then then maybe. But I just don't see it. I just think there's there's no way that he's not on the Eagles next year unless team just has so much money they're willing to do it. And I don't think there's that many teams out there that have that kind of money. And if they do, they probably have a quarterback on a rookie contract and therefore don't need to do it. And and then if you're going to pay top five money in the league for a quarterback, you're going to want a top five QB. Is Carson Wentz a top five QB in the league? I don't think so. Hmm. So I, I think they're stuck. And then you've got Jalen Hurts behind. And then you think, well, what do you do with Jalen Hurts? Like it's just, it's just they're in they're, they're they put themselves in a really bad position, and I think they have to find a way out of it that works for all parties and is a way that they can walk it back. And I don't have the answer because I don't know what it would be. So that was the first of our triple threat in quarterback talk. It was supposed to be two, but I made it three. Drew Brees is expected to retire at the end of the playoffs and head to the booth. Now, if he's anything like his playing career and a bit of certification comes his way, games are going to have to be stopped because the guy in the booth has won another award. I don't really know what Drew Brees is like as a person, so I can't comment on what he's going to be like in the booth. Yeah. I don't know. Look, I I think at the end of the day, 
he's going to be knowledgeable about the game. I don't. He's got a decent personality from what I've seen. I don't know enough about him. Is he going to set the world alight? I think only time will tell. You know, we saw Jason Witten go into the booth and it flopped. We've seen Tony Romo do it and he's been impressive. Um, the truth is, I, I don't really know. I, you know, first of all, first and foremost, Drew Brees retiring pretty much destroys the the Saints from a cap perspective because they're going to have to pay up all the money he's owed. Because what he's been doing is he's been deferring money every year. Mm-hmm onto a future year contract. And so if, if he retires, he's going to be owed like 40, 50 million or something ridiculous like that. Like he's owed a lot of money. He's been deferring money, deferring money every year, uh, almost like a retirement fund. So he's going to get paid when he retires. So he's going to, he's going to get a lovely payday when he goes. Um, And they're in such cap trouble, the saints that this effectively ends. It's not a dynasty because they didn't win anything. Um, But, a period of dominance of, in their division and uh, playoff appearances because I think that will all have to come to an end. They're going to have to get a lot of players off their books just to even fill a roster next year. So, um, as I don't know what he's going to be like in the booth. I guess we'll find out. Good luck to him. He's, you know, he, he's had an incredible career. He, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame. Um, I will say this, that and, and maybe I'm biased, and I'll, I'll stick I'll stick the maybe I'm biased out there. But for me, he will never be an all-time great for me because the, the, the amount of players that they've had on that team and the amount of years and opportunities they've had to not even make a Super Bowl in this window, I just think is probably one of the biggest, I don't want to say shocks in sport, but I think it's one of the biggest disappointments in sport. I think the last five years, you look at their roster, you look at what they have, and to look at that and hemorrhage the cap every single year and literally gamble your future, and they maybe get to the Super Bowl this year, maybe they win it, and it's all justified. But if they don't, let's say they go out this weekend or next weekend, I think it will be one of the biggest disappointing franchise results in, in history, in the history of the NFL, because you can't have that level of talent with that how much you've gambled to get there and to not even make it to the big game. Mm. Especially when the NFC has been so open and competitive. If you look at the teams that have been in the last few years, San Francisco 49ers, on paper, the Saints are a better team. I don't care what anyone says. On paper, they're a better team. Um, the year before that, the Rams. On paper, the Saints were a better team. You could talk about the the dubious core, whatever. They, they should have beaten that, that Rams team by more than what they did. Um... You know, the Philadelphia Eagles, when they won it, the Saints were a better team. But they, they've never got it done. So, I, you know, I, this is why I can't have Drew Brees in that discussion of greatest of all time, despite all the records he's set and all the certificates he's won. It will only ever be Brady. I don't particularly like the guy, but Peyton Manning. Um, I admire his talent and what he's achieved. Uh, but even guys like Kurt Warner will be miles above in my books, than Breeze. Because, yeah, Breeze won a Super Bowl. But with this talent of roster, he's had more riches than I think anybody in the NFL. And to not at least got to the game, I think is is a, is a massive disappointment. More swings and strikes than anything else, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, a big thing. I think it is. It's just... 
it takes a lot to get to a Super Bowl. I appreciate it's not something that you can just go out and, and buy. It's not something that having the best players guarantees that. But it, it just says a lot to me that they haven't done it in the last five years. Mm. It's probably been one of the biggest Super Bowl windows outside of the Patriots that we will see. And to not get there. I mean, if they do it this year, then it justifies it all. And I'll, if they win the Super Bowl this year, it will completely change my... And I'm not even underestimating this. If they win the Super Bowl this year, and he goes out as a Super Bowl champion, it will completely change my, my entire perspective of his career. Fair or not fair, I don't really care. If he goes out as a two-time Super Bowl winner and he goes out in his last game and wins the Super Bowl, he expels all of that wasted franchise because he got there in the end but it, you say fair or not fair it's i think it's a fair comment because the guy's gone and done it you can you can only play what's in front of you right and, and until he wins that second super bowl at the moment it is a dynasty failure but if he does I think win, he even needs to get there i think at least if you get there no no i think i no. yeah i mean look, i lack I of buy the that. lack I'll... of the lack of super bowl appearances like you mentioned is the big thing because i mean that if, for me it, is a massive thing is is it's just He's had one Super Bowl appearance in his in his career, and you can't say that he. You know, this isn't. We're not talking about a, a, a player here who's shown incredible talent and has not had talent around him. We're not talking about like Dan Marino here, where Dan Marino played an incredible period of time at the highest level, but he only got to the Super Bowl in his first year. <laughs> you know, but Dan Dan Marino played on teams that weren't that weren't. <laughs> They weren't great towards the end. You know, he didn't have this kind of stacked roster with this amazing opportunity. And it's not like he's had to overcome a, a, a dynasty as well. It's mm. not like there's a team in the NFC. You know, if he had to play the, it's like if he had to play the Patriots every single year and he lost to the Patriots every year, I'd go, okay, fine. He lost to the greatest team of all time every year. That's fine. I can, I can, I can live with that. But mind. he hasn't. Mm. You know, every year the NFC, Falcons, Eagles, Rams, 49ers. They're the, they've been the representatives. And this year, it's guaranteed... Well, it's not. The Rams could technically get there. Um, but if the Rams don't make it, then it's a, it, in the, the last five years, it'll be five different representatives. So you can't even say that there's been the dynasties had to beat. Yeah, and that's what we love so much about the NFL and the fact that anybody can get to the dance on any given year. I mean, it, yeah. it, you mentioned if he gets there, it will change your... You, you think about the Bills in the 90s. I mean, they got to, what, three or four in a row? Four in a row. Four and never won it. And you think, there's, uh, it's great to get there, but unless you actually come away from one of those four trips with the Lombardi, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Uh, I, I, I slightly disagree because... I... Things can go against you on the day. Like I can, you can sit there and you can say things will go against you on the day. Jim Kelly will always be an all-time great for me for achieving that. To go to four consecutive Super Bowls, all the games and everything you have to do to get to that stage. Yeah, you can sit there and say, it's the same with Jimmy White and Snooker, right? The guy lost six finals. He still made six finals. Like, okay, he never won it. But to get that far that many times is an achievement in its own right. When you don't even get there, what are you? You're just like everybody else. There's nothing about you. I mean, you have to look at this realistically, that Nick Foles has won as many <laughs> Lombardi trophies as Drew Brees, and Eli Manning has won more. 
And you cannot tell me that Eli Manning played on better teams than Drew Brees. Oh no, not a hope. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with your point at all. I'm not disagreeing with your point at all. Let's move on. Let's talk about uh, those Miami Dolphins. There's trade rumors of Deshaun Watson to Miami. They surfaced earlier this week or late last week, and uh, apparently it's going to be exchanged for Tua and picks. I saw Tua straight up. So where's this pick stuff come from? It was Tua and compensation was the official report. And it has to be. It can't just be two on its own. You know, we talked in our WhatsApp group, all the writers and everything, and I was like, look. And I wasn't joking. I asked the question, is Tua going to be the guy that takes you to a Super Bowl? Miami have built themselves a Super Bowl window in the next three or four years. From what I've seen of Tua, I do not believe that he is a guy that can... And I know Lee is listening to this, and I know he's listening live, and I know he's hating every word I'm saying right now. I'm just saying... (laughs) (laughs) unmute yourself it's fine join in the combo i'm just saying from what i have seen and appreciate it's a small sample i appreciate it's a very limited sample of what we're seeing i have not seen enough from tua that gives me the confidence to believe that he is going to be a guy that takes him to the super bowl so then you have to look at this that miami will not be picking at three again they will not be picking at three again in the next four or five years unless something could try you know some catastrophe goes and if that happens then two is a bust anyway so you have to question Don't you make me you really myself. this place now where you can afford can you really say that two is your guy because i don't think there's anyone right now that can wholeheartedly say that two is the guy to take him to a suit on a super bowl run and people tell me it's too early but you you're in this position where you can fix this. And that's whether by trading up for the one pick, which is going to cost a lot of money and then going on trailer, uh, Trevor Lawrence and then you see what happens. Or you take a top five QB in the league because he's unhappy. He's disgruntled. He doesn't want to be there. And he's effectively available. He could force a trade. And you've got the capital to get him. Miami won the few teams in the league that have the capital to get Deshaun Watson. And if it costs you two, uh, the three, and another pick, I'd pay that all day long. I wouldn't even hesitate. I'd drive to uh, to <laughs> Houston myself in the back of my car and say cheers, and I'll take Deshaun Watson back with me. I wouldn't hesitate because you add Deshaun Watson to the Miami Dolphins of where they are now. You've got a great coach. You have a great defense. You know, we're talking about a defense that had a turnover in every game this season. I don't know if they did it against the Bills, but they did so every every game <laughs> this season they had a turnover longest active record in the nfl they have weapons they have you know they have played they need to get a couple of players they need to you know they've got a new offensive line which was massively upgraded on what it was a year ago they're getting pressure off the edge they've got great cornerbacks and um, you know one of the things we were talking about off air was Xavier howard has changed agent he wants to get paid again could you argue he's not the greatest cornerback in the league right now? I'm struggling. I think he's probably up there. He's in the conversation at least. Miami need a couple of pieces. If Deshaun Watson comes in, they're, they're automatically... That, this is, for me, the same as bringing Tom Brady to Tampa. It makes the, the Dolphins nationally relevant, internationally relevant, and it puts the league on notice of, I'm going to tune in and watch the Dolphins because that's going to be good to watch. Okay. And I think the Dolphins can do it. They can buy it. And it's not like you're buying a 42-year-old quarterback. Deshaun Watson's what, 26? 
he's definitely got time left. <laughs> I just think it's a no-brainer. I think, I think if you're Miami, you have to do this. I think you have to do it because you're not going to have the capital or the opportunity to do this again. I know Lee disagrees with me to a degree, but I just can't see Tua leading this team to a Super Bowl. And I hope to be proven wrong if, this, if it doesn't play out, but I can't see it. Okay. Well, everybody knows you're there, Lee. If you want to weigh in, now is the time to do it. Yeah, it, will be, it, will be an, it will be an editing nightmare for me to try and find the gap in the middle of the podcast because you have been mute. But for you, buddy, I will do it. So if you want to come back and, and, and kick this thing off with Murph, let's go. Come on, let's have it. Let's do it. I'm down for it. Let's, let's talk Dolphins. So did my Army Miami picking at three? Yes, with Houston's pick. Uh, oh. Can I just interject? I've got breaking news, and this is legit, proper breaking news. Please tell me they've traded. That's why we like it. <laughs> Doug, Doug Pedersen's been fired. Ah. Oh. Ooh. Tom Pelissero on Twitter five minutes ago. Doug Pedersen is out as Eagles coach per source. Now let me go back to my second point of the news. Doug Pedersen's job is not safe. <laughs> <laughs> Said they had to do it. They did it. All right. Sorry, Lee, but that, at least that was genuine. You can understand why I've done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So. Would, do we think they have to give up the three in order to get Deshaun Watson? Yeah. I, I actually think that the starting price will be the Tunsil trade. Which? Be, because you, I think by by offering up two in a trade, you're, you're saying that he's clearly not the guy. So his value drops dramatically. You can't say, this is a future franchise quarterback because we're willing to give up on him. So you, you lesser his, his value somewhat. But I think if you look at what the Dolphins took from Houston in, in exchange for Laramie Tunsil, I think that's probably where you start in, in, in a negotiation. Okay. So do you think it's going to happen? No. And I think the, the Dolphins set out on a plan over two years ago specifically to get to this moment. And I think they're, they're arguably ahead of where they expected to be. But I think... In years past, when something shiny comes along, they've been willing to to pay the money to to make the jump, and I think this time they stuck to the plan all the way through, and it's it's going exactly as it was designed to. And I I think they're willing to stick on that train. Um, might be the wrong move. I'm not saying. I mean, you put the Sean Watson in Miami. They, like you say, they're an instant contender. I don't disagree one bit. Um, I do think there is a slight issue where. Houston lacked talent and trading for for Watson immediately limits our ability to build, to put more talent around him to an extent. I mean, let's be honest, at the end of the year, other than Devontae Parker, the three of us could probably have made the, the team at wide receiver. I want running back room by the end of the year was undrafted free agents. Like you're, you're not talking massive talent. Um, so, so I think they stick with Tua and they try and build that way. Not saying that, you know, I just don't think it happens. I'm not saying I wouldn't want it to happen or I'd be against it if it did. Because I think, like Murph said, that, that's just lunacy. Like, Watson is a top five QB. It's simple as that. Mm. They don't come along very often. They, they don't come along very often. We know he will do it. He will waive his non-compete to move to Miami. So he's interested. He's bought into the organization, which I think is massive. He's not just looking at any team and saying, I want out, I'll go anywhere. He wants to be there. And more importantly, and I think this is the the real critical part, Deshaun Watson was a top five QB this year. And at the end of the season, he was throwing the ball to a hobbled um, Brandon Cooks. And that was it. 
He had uh, Kiki Huti, but he lost all these receivers. Will Fuller was suspended. You know, the, there just wasn't many people he was throwing to. He used that situation. I also think that even by bringing in Watson, there's still cap room. I think they could bring in talent in the free agency, free agency pool in a few positions. Uh, this season looks quite deep. I get your point on running back. I think your offensive line showed how much it's improved by the fact that Miles Gaskin was heavily relevant. Um, I mean, it, it took huge steps forward. So I'm, step not, forward. Not saying it, I'm not saying it's one of the better lines in the league, but again, a year ago, we had five traffic cones playing. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, anything is an upgrade. And like, they've invested. And I actually think that the, the more likely route that you see Miami go without trying to get too far away from Deshaun Watson is you actually see them move back from that third round pick and try and pick up more. I think they were happy with the left tackle they drafted. So I don't think they're necessarily going to be uh, as enamored with Panacea as everybody else is. Not that he's not superb talent, but I think they'll see that they've got an opportunity to take assets from somebody else and continue to build that pool. I still don't believe Sewell will be on the board at three. No, I'm definitely. I mean, there's definitely a chance, but if not, it means one of the QBs is. Mm. And I think they'll see that, again that there's a chance there to fleece somebody else for for more assets. I just think that's the path they're going down, rightly or wrongly. And I think we're all, we're all on board the train, and whether it comes off the tracks or not is a, is another no, thing. That part I agree with. I I do think Miami will will probably not pick a three one way or the other because. The, the options there, as you say, they're going to be, you know, we all know Lawrence is going to be one. It doesn't matter. He's going to be the one pick, right? It's just, there's not even debate it. So it's either going to be the quarterback from Ohio State, Justin Fields, or it's going to be Penai Suell. I think Suell goes to the Jets. Because what's the point in repeating the same mistake and drafting a quarterback with no offensive line and no weapons? You know, it's exactly the same as when they drafted... Uh, at two and took Sam Darnold. So why do that? Um, it's just no need. You're just you're just going to compound the same mistake over and over again. And it would be a very Jets thing to do. But I don't <laughs> think I don't think they're going to do it. I think they go so well, and they they try and build the best offensive line in the league. They certainly have the best tackle pairing in the league. If Suell turns out to be half the prospect he's, he's routed to be, Beckton looks like he's probably the best one or two tackles of the last class. He's been phenomenal. You have those guys, you you know, get a center in, you're going to be in a great place. So, yeah, I, I, but I think back to Watson, I think I'm just, I'm more inclined to think that Miami will do something because as you say, they're ahead of the plan. And with that brings pressure and people's jobs are on the line here. People cannot afford to get this decision wrong because this is the point now. You could be, you can, you can say that, you know, Miami Dolphins not making the playoffs this year. I don't think it's a failure. No one expected them to win 10 games. It's not a failure. I, I know I they blew it out in a same. really bad way. Week 17 against the Bills. And I know it was horrendous. But winning, that's not a failure because no one expected them to win 10 games except for you, um, Darren Fletcher of the Fumble Podcast, and maybe about five other people in the world. So, but as you say, you're now ahead of schedule. The league is on notice that the Dolphins are a rising team. They're, they're one of those teams to watch. And I think if, if, if you get it wrong with Tua, someone will lose their job because it, it, you just, you can't regress now. 
because that's the way the NFL Correct. works. You get quarterbacks wrong, people get sacked. That, that's exactly <laughs> it. You don't get it. You very rarely get a second chance. And, and to be fair, a lot of a lot of the front office staff on the Dolphins talked Stephen Ross out the the owner Stephen Ross out of drafting Lamar Jackson a couple of years ago because he wanted Lamar Jackson bad, and it was after getting getting talked out of that and having his intentions turned to tour that they set out on this plan. So, like you say, head, heads will roll if, if you're wrong. I, I personally, I think there, there's a lot behind the tour stuff. I mean, you've really got to have watched a lot of Dolphins this year to, to to be down on him. I'm not I'm not saying I think he's the future, but I'm certainly not prepared to say that there was anything wrong. I mean, let's be honest. There was most people out there would say there was no chance he played this year. Yeah, and he went six, and he went six and three, and it's like it just just the fact that he played was yeah, something. Yeah. I listen. I'm not saying two is a bad quarterback. I'm not at all. I'm not saying that he's a bad quarterback. I'm not even saying that no. he can't. It's, about he Watson. Can't it's not about two. I think it's partly about both <laughs> because I, I I just don't. I from what I have seen, I don't see Tua being dynamic enough to be the guy to win to win the big game if it's on his own shoulders. That's my only thing. From what I have seen, I just can't I haven't seen it yet. When I see it, I'll I'll start I said the same thing about Carson Wentz and he proved me wrong and now he's sort of proved me right again. So it's kind of gone full circle. But you know, at the end of the day, I I he, he for me is like Baker Mayfield. And I'm not trying to say they're the same skill level. Baker uh, Mayfield for <laughs> me is a guy who can get the Browns into the playoffs and he could probably do it consistently but do I think Baker Mayfield's going to take them to the Super Bowl he might prove me wrong this season but I don't see it I don't see it I don't see Baker Mayfield being you know two minute drill chance to go to the Super Bowl the same way Blake Bortles wasn't I just for me two is better than Blake Bortles I think he's even better than Baker Mayfield or he definitely has the potential to be better than Baker Mayfield I don't think he's in that special elite group of five or ten guys to take him to the Super. Mind you, Jared Goff there and Jeremy Garoppolo. So if the system's right, yeah. See, I, I think the the biggest thing for last season for me is the the offensive system is. I mean, you get Chan Gailey out of retirement; it's only for fits. It has nothing to do with tour at all. And, and I mean, he came out and said it during the year. The playbook's different. Simple as that. Yes, two is still missing throws down the field, but. At the end of the day, it, you know, Chang Gailey is comfortable calling games with Fitz. You know, coached him in Buffalo, coached him in New York. You know, this is a friendship that's gone on a long time. Um, I, I think the fact that Chang Gailey is now out, I think next year you, you get a chance to see it if you stick with him. Then you can make a decision. I think you can say, right, this guy looks like he's got the potential or doesn't. I think the best bit about this is either one of you is going to be right at some point. So I yeah, appreciate you jumping in, Lee, and, and giving your dolphin side of things. It's definitely going to be a fascinating situation to, to watch over the next few weeks. Uh, talking to the Dolphins, uh, no, sorry, Nick Casario has been hired as the GM of the Houston Texans, not as the Dolphins. Don't hear what I didn't say. Nick Casario, Murph, I don't actually know anything about him. Um, he's been with the Patriots organization for about 20 years. Um, this has been a long time coming, Nick Casario to the Texans. Um, they tried to get him when they fired their last GM before they gave the job to Bill O'Brien. Um, it was blocked. I think even the Patriots reported the Texans to the league for the approach. Uh, um, yes. So this is 
this is something that's you know been in the works for the last three four years um so yeah ultimately it, it was kind of an inevitability of it all um highly rated highly touted the patriots didn't want to let him go i think this was probably agreed i reckon a year ago at least i reckon it was just one of these things that was allowed to just eventually happen so you know the, the texans have their guy nice nice uh Lee just mentioned that uh, Dolphins OC Chan Gailey has resigned after one season, Pride, primarily a Fitz thing. Uh, let's talk some games, Murph, quick. The Bills have advanced to the divisional round with a 27-24 win over the Colts. We talked about it being a nail-biter and it went down to the wire. Yeah, I, th- I thought that Josh Allen did very well. Where he has grown so much this year is when they were losing that game, he kept his composure, he kept his cool. Um, he ran a bit more. Um, he really took the game on his shoulders. He kind of relinquished a bit of that this year. Um, two connections to Diggs, incredible. Those two are just like a match made in heaven. Um, I thought Frank Wright goofed in this game a couple of times. One, punting when he didn't need to. And then two, going for it very early um, in the sort of late first, beginning of the second quarter when his team were up 10-7. Um, and he goes for it um, on the fourth and goal when I'd have kicked the points it's so early. You go up six instead of three. Then what happens is the um, the Bills end up going all the way down the field and score. In fact, actually, I think it was in the last two or three minutes of the half. Um, the Bills take the last drive of the half, go and score, and they go in at halftime with the lead. And I think that was the real game changer because the, all the direction was on the Colts then. The Colts were dominating the game. The Colts were really taking it to the Bills, and they kind of owned it. And then that decision I think changed the game for me. So a uh, bit of a coaching error. I can kind of see why they went for it, but I think it was definitely the wrong decision. And um, yeah, I was impressed with Josh. I was impressed with um, the quality of that game. I thought it was a, a really good uh, opener to the playoff weekend. Let me just, there we go. That's better. Bill's hat. Very nice. Yeah, man. Um, the Rams have booked themselves a cold trip to Lambeau Field to place, face the Packers after beating the Seahawks 30-20. Have not seen a single snap of this yet. I was so. going to say, this is the one game. I've seen the other five. This is the one game I've not got to watch yet. So it's lined up on Game Pass, but I haven't got to it yet. So I can't really pass judgment. All I know is Wolford started the game. He went out. I think he went to hospital. I think he's okay. Yeah. Goff came in. Uh, you know, I haven't seen it, so I can't really judge. But it was definitely, I think, the... I think probably the surprise other than the Browns result of the weekend. Yeah. From, from what I've heard about it, the Seahawks didn't really look like they were much of a contention in that game. So, and the only thing I I have seen as well is Cooper cup is battling with injury to get ready for the Packers game. So something must've happened to him, but like I said, I haven't seen anything. So we will, we will, uh, we'll talk about that one when we next meet up because we haven't seen anything of it. The Buccaneers, Father Cannons, Murph, your boys have advanced to the divisional round with a 31 23 win over the plucky Washington football team. Yeah, I, I thought we were in control for the game. Um, it's very rare, I would say, that I was comfortable. I think that Washington put up a great performance. I think Tyler Heineke, um, as I said earlier, I thought he played very well. Um, you know, he was a threat everywhere. Um, Bucks definitely missed Devon White. They definitely missed getting some pressure. To Shaq Barrett missed some practices uh, because he was on the COVID do not contact list. Um, he did play, but he was definitely looking a little rusty. Devon White is back uh, for this game because he had COVID, but he is back uh, for next week. So it should be really interesting. No Ronald Jones either, but 
uh, Little Legs did look good, as did Antonio Brown. So, legs. I've forgotten about that. Little legs, legs look good, and um, Antonio Brown also looked uh, looked good. Mike Evans also had quite a game as well. So um, Brady very much just in control, uh, looked very solid. I didn't realize at the end of the game he's thrown for 380 yards because he just, he just made his throws. He just looked very, very good. And yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens next week. But um, yeah, I thought it was a very professional and thorough performance. And, and credit to Washington because they, they really played very well, very depleted. But they, they really didn't. If, if you looked at the record, you wouldn't have said they were a 7-9 and nine team. They definitely played as, as a better team than that. Yeah, I think they could be a fairly large surprise next year if they get the quarterback situation right. Where, where are your Buccaneers going next? They're going to New Orleans. Oh, well... At least familiar. At least it's familiar, right? <laughs> and 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 we don't have to play against the weather. Very true. All the crowd at New Orleans because yeah, it's not a thing right now. That's very true. A repeat of week one. That should be exciting. Yeah, week one was. You know, you can't even look at that game and say that that's. Oh no, I, I meant just the fixture. I just meant. Yeah, fixture. I mean, you you can't look at that game and say that that was the that was even relevant. You know, Brady had never played with the guys before. We just never played with them. No preseason, nothing. You had no time with them. So, yeah, yeah looking forward to it. It'll be a tough, tough battle. I just hope that we prevail and we end Drew Brees' career. <laughs> uh, sayonara, Drew. The Ravens have advanced to the divisional round with a 2013 win over the Titans. It was the Ravens playing football that won that one and the Titans, Mike Vrabel well, punting when it, he shouldn't it, have. It, it was Lamar Jackson running that, that changed. That was the only the only thing really in the game that mattered. Lamar Jackson didn't actually throw a touchdown pass in this game. Just um, one pick. Just, yeah, so, but he did it all with his legs. Um, yeah, I thought Derek, they stopped Derek Henry. That was the difference. They stopped Derek Henry and there were some two very questionable calls um, by Mike Vrabel. One was to uh, go for it when he could have kicked a field goal, taken the points and extended his lead uh, to two scores. And instead the Ravens uh, advanced the field and tie. Um, and that really sort of was a big thing. And then they punted on fourth and two from the Baltimore Ravens 40, which just made no sense to me at all. Um, normally you'd say Mike Vrabel would gamble and go for it. He chooses not to um, punts the ball. Doesn't really get a lot of field position. Ravens go up and score. That's the end of the ball game. So, you know, definitely some strange coaching decisions, but also on top of that, I thought, the Titans just after going up uh, ten nothing, just played really badly. I think they just played really badly, um, and then yeah, couldn't get anything going with 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 Henry. I think he was limited to just over fifty yards rushing. So yeah, uh, and that was the game. So why did Lamar just run straight off the field? It was a big thing in, when they played previously in the season. Um, that the Titans disrespected the Ravens logo, hence why they danced back on the Titans logo. Gotcha. Um, and then, yeah, basically Lamar, there was some words exchanged with the coaches. It, it, there's a bit of bad blood between the two sides. So Lamar stormed and took everybody off the field. Here's, here's where I dislike the media somewhat. Tom Brady has been known to do this. He has done it at times. I don't think it's very professional of him. I think he's someone that should rise above that sort of thing. Um, I've said it on this podcast. I've said it. In group chats, I've said it everywhere. Lamar Jackson's been given a pass for this, and I think that's unfair. You can't you can't attack one player for not doing it, but then attacking, but then endorsing another player doing it. Uh, it's that inconsistent messaging I have a massive problem with. If it's wrong for Tom Brady to not shake an opponent's hand in a game, even if it's a Super Bowl or whatever kind of game it is, it's wrong for Lamar Jackson to walk off a field with his teammates and not shake the other team's hand. 
Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I say on it. I, I I missed that tiny bit, and then I came back for Lamar's sideline interview, which was pretty much exact straight after the game. And I hadn't seen him run down the tunnel, so I didn't know he'd done it until I saw it in the chat and then on the highlights. And I thought the way he he was almost aggressive to the reporter in the and I'm not, you know he would have been pumped up and for, for whatever reasons he had and and I thought maybe he was just a little harsh on on the reporter at, at the time. Yeah, I just think it's classless, right? You've won the game, you've eliminated them, you've ended their season. It doesn't get any worse than that doesn't get any worse you've inflicted the biggest amount of pain you can on that organization rise above it yeah go shake their hands in fact for them that make them feel worse like what we did obviously didn't affect you that sort of yeah you you kind of saying what you did didn't matter we're the better team we're the better class act good game see you next year yeah instead what you've done is you've basically just turned into them only you've won the game I just think it's classless. I just think just because one team doesn't does it doesn't mean another team should. Yeah. I just think no, rise above it, especially when you've when you've won the game, you've won the play, you won the most important game of the two that you played this season. Rise yeah. above it, shake their hand, make That's... them make them eat that thing, make them eat that loss, make them just look at it and go, oh my god, not only have we lost, but they're being really good to us, like they're being sporting. That's, the That's da- painful. That's, that's the real dagger in the side, isn't it? The, of course the win, it is. The win in the playoffs. Of course it is. Now all you've done is you've galvanised it. If these two teams play next year, the Titans will just have all of that on tape. Yeah. You've galvanised them for next season. Let's let's move on and talk about somebody who came to a knife fight with a spoon, and that was the uh, Bears. They, oh, The Saints have advanced in the divisional round with a 21-9 win against the Bears. And as you have mo- noted here, Murph, ahead of time, they're going to host the Buccaneers. So I shouldn't have asked you. Should have just kept rolling. But hey, that's five-yard baby. Um, I what just, you, what, where are you on this one? <laughs> I, I think... I just think the Bears should never be in the playoffs. I think Matt Nagy should be fired for this performance. I mean, that, that might be an overreaction, but the fact is that Mitchell Trubisky was, I reckon, the only, and the D were the only players that really turned up in this game. And it wasn't just the fact that they lost the game, okay? They lost the game, lost it badly. They scored, by the way, the reason this is 21 to 9 is they scored on the final play of the game. It was 21 3. Oof. I mean, they, they scored on the very last play. Jimmy Graham scores and he walks off the field. <laughs> like, <laughs> they didn't even bother with the extra point because it didn't matter. Like, that, 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 that is... And, and the Saints, for me, had a touchdown ruled out that was perfectly a good touchdown. I think, I think he broke the plane through breeze there. But they were just poor. And it was the attitude. It was the constant penalties. It was... They punted the Bears on fourth and one. Why? Why are you punting? You're losing the game. Um... It was ta- penalties. Cole Komet, I don't know how he didn't get ejected. He committed three unsportsmanlike penalties. One of them was when his team was in the end zone, which cost him to only get three instead of seven. Um, constant penalties, going off sides when the Saints were trying to draw him off sides to get first downs. And it was the same thing. Every drive had penalties, had penalty, had penalty. Off sides, um, you know, neutral zone infractions. It was just penalty after penalty after penalty, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties all over the field. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, I think, played very well. I think he played very well. Um, Anthony Miller got ejected in this game, and Daryl Mooney got injured, so it meant Alan Robinson was playing on his own. <laughs> Wims dropped a touchdown in the end zone, literally on the numbers. He's beaten the coverage. He's done all the hard work. He's literally just got to catch the ball straight through his hands. 
And that changes Cutters. the game because at that point it's seven seven zero or seven three, something like that. Anyway, the Bears would have been right in this game. And the Saints didn't look convincing. They didn't have to be. They could basically have played this game. They could have sent the scout team out there and they would have given them the game. Like it was just it was the Bears was just a or they were just a joke. I mean it was it was it was appalling to watch. That was a playoff game. I've never seen a team with so little fight in a playoff game in my entire life. Like it was it was it was an abomination. I I haven't seen any highlights of this game and I don't want to watch them. I, I, I don't feel I'm going to get anything from it. <laughs> All you would get is is the appreciation of my point that they were abysmal. Okay. That that is basically all you get out of it. They maybe, were they were they maybe were I can joke. maybe I can double down on it and we can really hate on the Bears next week. And then the final game of the wild card round, the Browns have advanced the divisional win with a 48-37 win against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they will travel to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. You this mentioned might be the earlier, most incredible game I've ever seen. You mentioned earlier that Baker Mayfield might take them to the to the Lombardi. If he does, he would have gone through the Steelers, the Chiefs, and probably the Bills to get there. That would be some playoff run to get to the Lombardi. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I start off by saying that this first quarter is single-handedly the most insane first quarter I've ever seen I, of any I, game and will ever so, see. So I woke up this morning, flicked the NFL app open and hit the highlights, and it was just Big Ben throwing interceptions. That's all it was. Oh, but the thing is, it wasn't even his fault. Um, so the first play of the game, first play of the game, Browns get the ball, um, Steelers have the ball from the kickoff, right? And Mike Pouncey has thrown the ball. Now keep in mind, Ben Roethlisberger is six foot four. He's called Big Ben, right? <laughs> right. So he's six foot four. Mike Pouncey threw the ball probably a foot over his head. At least, if not more. It went so far over his head, it goes behind. They try to recover the ball. It slips out of someone's hands. The Browns end on it. It's in the end zone. It's a touchdown. First play of the game. Yeah. Brown, have... Browns up seven. I mean, it's an absolute, like, you look at that and you think, what's going on? And then, you know, then one gets tipped at the line. Like, Ben had two tipped. I mean, that was just... That was bad luck. Um, I just, yeah, I, I mean, to to context of this, if you've not watched the game, uh, I hope you know the score. If not, please just fast forward about a minute. Um, Browns in the first quarter, twenty eight to nothing up, and it's the largest ever first quarter lead in NFL history <laughs> in the playoffs. Yeah, against the team that. Was eleven and zero, and I mean, were they an 11, true eleven and zero? Probably not. Well, they're the first eight. team. They're the first eleven and zero team in the history of the NFL to have gone out of the World Cup round. The others either made the Super Bowl, whether they won it, lost it, or made the championship game at least. Uh, um, one in the history went out in the divisional round. Good lord! Now, and they lost five of their last six games. What a couple of stats right there, eh? <laughs> I mean, they lost five of the last six games to Steelers. So, impossible. I mean, and listen, this is dealing with a Browns team that had no Kevin Stefanski on the sideline because he had COVID um, or was in close contact and therefore couldn't be on the sideline. They had multiple coaches not be allowed to be part of the team. They had multiple players not allowed to be part of the team and had to isolate. They turned up without hope and a prayer. No coach on the sideline and just completely destroyed them. I, I mean, and fair play to the Steelers. Like they, they, they tried to get back into it. I thought Big Ben played well. 
Um, Deontay Johnson just looks incredible. Massive buy for next season uh, for anybody. Chase Claypool, a couple of touchdowns, but they just, I mean, they turn the ball over five times. Mm-hmm. You just, you can't win games like that. It was like watching James Winston at Wembley against the Carolina Panthers all over again. That was what it was like, but it was the whole team. Mike Pouncey in the first half had six snaps that were either too low, too high, or just were terrible. And you just think <laughs> at, at some point you've got to pull him. You've got to pull him. I don't care who, like you've got to find someone who can just snap the ball. Yeah. Like I you make one mistake. You, you look at that mistake of the first one of the game. And you think, okay, that that's really bad. That is really bad. To make two is almost unforgivable. To make three is unforgivable. To make six, you should probably lose your job. <laughs> but he won't. He won't. In one half. In one half. I mean, it's low snaps, high snaps. It was just, it was, ah. Uh, the Steelers just look bad. I mean, they just look bad, and then they look, and then they look good in the second half. And the and then just as they get back into it, throw a pick. And also, here's what makes me die: they're down twelve. They're on midfield. They punt the ball on fourth and one, trailing twelve in the fourth quarter. What okay. are you doing? You've lost the whole game. Like you're already on a hiding to nothing. You've got nothing to lose. Mm. Punt the ball. And then the punter puts it in the end zone. So really, they only gained 30 yards of field position. What the Browns do? Go and score. Up 19, game over. See you later. The one Why are you punting on 4th and 1? Stupid decision. On the halfway line, why are you punting on 4th and 1? Like, what are you doing? It's, it's just madness. Like, I don't know what happened to coaches this weekend that just had a brain fart and thought it was okay to punt on 4th and 1, 4th and 2. Like, what are you doing? You're losing the game. The, it's the, the playoffs. One. You don't play next week if you lose. No. The one, the one thing I noticed on this game from the highlights was just how good Kareem Hunt looks as as their second running back. He has got so much burst and pace and change of direction. The fact that they can run him and Chubb out at will, I mean, yeah, sure, Hunt wasn't great in the middle of the season, but we talked about how he's much better when Chubb's there and when... You, you frozen, Murph. Is this another power cut? Do me a favour right at the end of the show, Rush Nation. I have absolutely no idea if Murph is there. Can you hear me, Lee? Is this is this a thing? Oh, Lee's here. Murph's back. Hurrah. I thought I was going to have to finish another show without you, big man. No, sorry, I don't have any. I was just saying that the tackling from the Steelers was diabolical. Oh, yeah, they got absolutely gashed on the ground. But yeah, I was impressed with just how good Kareem Hunt looked. Murph, we've done it again, mate. We genuinely do not have time for the Fantasy 2020 reflections. No. Can I answer these two questions we've got on Twitter quickly? And we'll try and get this done in the next 120 seconds. Go for it. Right. So the first one's from Paul Howard. Mentioned him earlier, won one of our listener leagues. He asks, how many teams do you think will try and trade down in the draft due to the salary cap being cut? That's a good question. I mean, I don't have an answer to that. I, I can see four or five, maybe, but it also depends on people buying. That's the other the other part of it. True. I tell you what we'll do with that one. When we do the fantasy reflections podcast, and because I am now furloughed for the next four weeks, I think we should try and do a shorter podcast when you're on lunch one day this week, and we can answer that one whilst doing the reflections. Sounds good. The other one, and this one we can answer in a short period of time. Um, Jord at Jordem eighty seven asks. I'm starting my. First I see adventure this season with little knowledge. Any tips for a newbie? Well, I, um, I, I tell you what you should do, Jordan. You should head over to the Wednesday show and listen to Rich calling at Dynasty, Five Yard Dynasty. Uh, we've recently taken him on. He's absolutely smashing it already. Um, yeah. But otherwise, 
there's loads of stuff we could tell you. Uh, suggest reading the 2021 playbook or the 2020 playbook because there's information in there on it. Um, yeah, I'm going to write a chapter on the, um, the the starting up on the dynasty adventure. So that will be out around about the time you've been doing rookie drafts anyway. So if you can hold off till um, till the end of spring, then um, then by that and there'll be plenty of content there to help you. But in the meantime, tune into Rich uh, on Wednesdays at Five Yard Dynasty because. Uh, really intelligent bloke, got a great approach to it. And uh, yeah, he'll help you win some ships. 100% he will. And um, yeah, he's, his Twitter is at Five Yard Dynasty as well. So if you want content and, and advice or just at him on Twitter, and I'm sure he's got some stuff for you before. Yeah, he's also on you. at Dynasty Island as well. Really go. Double hit. Right, yeah, hit if you'll find him somewhere. There goes my wife. She's heading out the door. It's time for us to leave. Big man, you take it easy. Stay safe. Lee, thanks for everything you've done. And Rush Nation, as always, don't forget, keep rushing. to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 